Welcome. You're listening to the Voice of Vedanta podcast from the Vedanta Society of Southern California. Visit us on the web at vedanta.org. Om Jayati Janunivasho Devaki Janmamado Jadubara Parashatsu Soldolviyashat Nathandharmam Sthiro Charabrijigna Susmita Srimakheno Brajapura Bonitanang Barnitang Bardhayan Kamadevam Ovations to Lord Sri Krishna, the indweller in all beings, as also their abode. Though reputed as born of Devaki, he is really the eternal and ancient one. Surrounded by attendants of the Jodhu clans, he destroyed the forces of unrighteousness by the prowess of his arms. He reduced all beings, animate and inanimate, from their sins. By his benign and smiling countenance, he inspired divine love into the hearts of the women of Brajo and Mathura. Our salutations to him. Om peace, peace, peace be unto us all. So good morning and today is our subject is Bhagavata Dharma. The two words Bhagavata and Dharma. Dharma means you all know the righteousness or normally that which upholds us. And Bhagavata Dharma means that religion or that upholding principle which helps us to move towards the divine. And as prescribed by Bhagavan, here is Krishna. You know Bhagavata is one of the holiest texts of Hindu religion. Thousands and thousands of people for thousands of years, they are following this tradition. And the purpose is that to grow in love for God. Cry and weep for God. You need not have to know much philosophy. If you have in your heart the feeling that there is somebody behind this universe and he is the sustainer, he is the supplier of all our needs. He is the remover of all sufferings. He is the redeemer from our all actions done consciously, unconsciously, which brings suffering and pain. He is the person who can, by glance, can take away our all misdeeds and open up the eye of wisdom and can establish us in that absolute joy. That is the redeeming power of this Krishna, or we call God. So who have the faith that God can do that? They don't want to know more. They engage themselves in just loving God. God is all love. God is only love. And how to love God? How to be more intoxicated in that emotion, divine emotion, which will bring tears in the eyes, apparently, outside. But it is not the tears of suffering. But every drop of that tear brings tremendous 
joy and blessings and it is a fulfilling energy it is the energy which actually can uplift a person who is in the mundane can make that person a divine so that is the religion and that religion is called the religion of bhagavata the holy text there is a great story of the bhagavata it goes like this that the king of the country once went for hunting in those days that was the style then king's name was parikshit parikshit went for hunting and he got exhausted and he was searching for some water drinking water but could not get anywhere in the forest so he moved here and there with much trouble found that there was one hut and it was the ashrama of a sage and there he went and found that that one reaching there by in his horse riding the horse went there and found that that sage is very deeply absorbed in meditation so he humbly he being the king of the country he humbly went and said sir can you give me a glass of water i am very thirsty but the sage was totally oblivious of outside environment mind was so absorbed in god he didn't listen so once second time and third time the king requested and he didn't respond so the king out of that thirst and under that circumstance he was a great king uh, very benevolent and everyone knows that the glory of that king but thought that oh he is making a fake show of his meditation huh? so out of anger he found that there was one dead snake somewhere around that forest brought that and then put a garland on that sage and went away and his son and this old sage ashrama means retired life they have their children but they are so much dedicated the retired life as you know brahmacharya garastha banaprastha sannyas the third stage of life when they used to live in the home but totally dedicated to god and when he went away and after some time his son came because they were playing the children were playing in some other distant place maybe he came back and saw that snake is around the neck of his father but they are all the children of brahmagyanis no so they have their power whatever comes out of their mouth that becomes true because they are living on truth so their expression becomes truth truth follows them so he cursed who has done this to my dad he will have to die within 7 days he will have to die by a biting of the snake which snake he has put the round put around my insulting my father he will have to die and with this shouting and howling for a long time then the sage came down and then said what has happened he saw and saw that his angry son was cursing like that so he said my son why are you cursing this king is parikshit you know what a noble king if he goes away who will rule the country it is very difficult to get such honest loving caring king withdraw your curse he said no who have insulted my father 
I am not going to compromise anyhow. And the king Parikshit came to know that the, he was being cursed by the son of a sage who was really absorbed in some meditation. And he repented, why did I do? Because I was hungry, I thirsty. I should not do like that. But anyhow, he was so honest. See, he came back and offered the whole kingdom to his son or whoever there. And then he went to the forest to leave and think of God day and night. The last seven days, he, is, he believed that seven days only for his life. So how to live this day? Suppose if I know that my last moment has come. So what will you do? Everyone, let us think, what will you do? We'll, we'll wrap up our other duties and responsibilities, no? And then what will you do? Think of God. <laughs> Who will be now our friend? So he did that. He gave away the kingdom and responsibilities and went into the forest. It's called Naimisharana. There is a forest even till now in that name. And then he went there. And as he went there, all the holy people of the city and the country followed him. The sages, they followed him. And everyone become very sad that he is living and living the duties of the kingship and then going to prepare for his last departure from the world. And he went, actually he didn't listen to anything. He went into the forest, Naimi Sharanna, and seated there. He asked the holy people who were gathered around and said, please tell us about spiritual life, About tell us how to grow love for God, etc. But by that time they found that uh, some young boy, very, very small, but yet full of knowledge, is called the eternally pure spiritual son of Brahma, they call, or Vasudeva's son, Shukadev, as a boy, but he was full of knowledge, born with the knowledge of Brahman. So he was coming and seeing that the whole congregation stood in reverence and King Parikshit saluted and said, Sir, please come and sit and guide me. How? I have only seven days in my life. How am I to live this life? These seven days only I can spend and I don't want to be reborn in the cycle of birth and death anymore. Please guide me. And then that sage started, that boy, whose name is Shukadeva, Shuka started this, whatever utterances, question answer, the king is putting question and the teacher is giving the response. And this compiled a huge volume of scripture which is called Bhagavata. It is in 13 volumes. And those are the conversation and advice of how to grow in love, how to understand the truth, the reality. It is not only devotion, but uh, our Hare Krishna uh, or Ishkan people, they emphasize only one aspect of it, which is called the Bhakti. And we are also discussing on that aspect today. But Bhagavat contains knowledge, Bhagavat contains the the instruction for meditation, instruction for doing selfless work, all these four yogas are there, but more emphasis on loving Krishna and thinking of him getting out of the sufferings of life. Uh, sing and dance in the name of Krishna, 
get absorbed in him forget the world and then get deeper and deeper and and feel that you are lost into that love love of the lord so that was the continued for seven days and the story goes that many all these seven days at the end of the seventh day the the sukadeva then asked he have you any more question then the king said no i have no more any question i do not fear any more death we all fear death what will happen if death comes he said that by your grace these seven days the teachings you have given day and night it's continuous that type of spiritual lessons and it has cleared my doubts and i now no more fear death we fear from so many losses what will happen to my family what will happen to my money what will happen to my house what will happen to my dog what will happen to my cat what will happen if i die who will take care of this these are all our fear what will happen what will happen what will happen and as if if i die the whole world will be lost so that's <laughs> we think that upon us depend everything but he said no 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 now i have reached a point where i have no fear for death not one death all types of death what we die every day uh, so i have no such fear so and then he blessed but he was going away then question came that you are going away but such a treasure such a wisdom words of wisdom which has been expressed how, how it will be preserved it, it will be lost then the sukadev found in the whole congregation there was one gentleman he was he has a memory such a memory that he can he can memorize like a tape recorder <laughs> so it's called shruti dhar he can hold on whatever he has heard and he said it will remain with him then he can recapitulate exactly all what has been said in all these days anyhow that is the way it is said he kept it and it came down from tradition to tradition to people to people and we get the benefit of this great scripture this is called the bhagavat and the dharma the spiritual teaching which has been given there that is called the bhagavata dharma how we can inculcate those values and those practices and can make our life free from all types of suffering and pain so that is called the bhagavata dharma now this bhagavata in relation to bhagavata that practice it is the bhagavata dharma means the practice that takes one to him the lord destroying our past karma and the cycle of birth and death so the human life as has been emphasized by all the scripture the goal of human life is god realization and what happens with the god realization the question will come god realization will do two things one it does attantigo dukkha nivritti total annihilation of all sufferings whatever suffering we experience in our life in everyday life and we are afraid of it all types of suffering will be eradicated attentively means to its roots 
there will be no more any cause for suffering. Suffering, the world will be eradicated from the life of a person. That is called God-realization. That means, not only that, second part will happen. It is a negative aspect. There will be no suffering. But no suffering is, maybe in a coma state, will be no suffering. We don't want to go to the comatic state. That's not spiritual. Uh, when you go to sleep, there is no suffering. So if you have go to that type of state, then there is no suffering, but there is no life. It is a life of a dead. But what is that? Ananda prapti. Paramananda prapti. We know how we can gain ananda, ananda bliss, joy. How to gain joy? We know joy. We eat good food, that's a joy. We see something beautiful, there is some joy. We hear some beautiful music, there is some joy. But it's flickering joy. It comes and goes away. It comes with much effort. And then we started enjoying that and it vanishes into the void. So we are not satisfied with that. Then God realization will give Parama Ananda Prapti. That Ananda, which is Parama, the supreme, unabating, continuous, that blissful state, that will be attained. Dukkha, the suffering, will go and that Ananda, continuous Ananda, the stream of bliss, which will be there, it will be continued. So that, the twin goal, that will be available to a person who realizes God. But there are many ways of realizing God. First of all, I'll think about what Bhagavata talks about God. Bhagavata talks and all our philosophies also talk. Bhagavata has in different places quoted those ideas, saying, what is God now? <laughs> it is always discussed. All the religions are there only to talk about God and not practicing in their life. They only, what they do? They only go into fight. My religion, your religion, my God versus your God. As if there are so many gods, one God is for my God, another God is your God, another God is third God. But that is, Bhagavata is only one God. And that one God is a Vedantic God. What is that Vedantic God? We all know, we all the time talk about Vedanta society all the time. What is God? Oh, God is timeless, spaceless, causeless. Huh? Time is, God is dry? No, God is not dry. God is Satchidananda. <laughs> it is all bliss. It is not darkness. It is all light. It is all consciousness. No, And it is not limited in time. It is not limited in space. It is not a cause of something else. It is the eternal substance the very foundation, the reality of everything. And that is the concept that is also called the God, the Absolute, without any quality, without any form, without any other description. You cannot describe that because it is the truth and truth which is beyond all description. It's so vast. When you describe it, it becomes limited. That's why that's called the Vedantic God. So Vedantic God is one God. Okay, let us see now. What about the other God? Monotheistic religion. They have their God. What is that God? God is everywhere. God is everywhere. 
everywhere, every place, God is everywhere. But He can hear also our prayers. He can also redeem us or He can fulfill our desires. So God, without any limit, omniscient, at the same time, He has the quality of grace, compassion, holiness, purity, all this. So it is called then it's a guna or qualities. But he has no form, little form. It's not like this Rama, Krishna or Kali, Durga, Shiva. It's not like that. God is only that one which is uh, everywhere but he has the quality. Quality means he listens to us. Hey, oh, Father in the heaven. Or sometimes he sits somewhere else. We think that he is some Person like that? Yes. That comes the next stage. So next concept is that God is everywhere. Nirguna. Nirakara was the first stage. Vedanta. Now second stage you are coming. Saka. Nirguna. He has, he has no gunas. But gunas with this gunas of compassion he has. But akara form. There is no akara. It is limitless. Infinite. Third concept comes Father in the heaven, sitting in the heaven and watching with a rod in hand. If I do something wrong, my account it will enter and then when chance comes, I'll go to hell or go to heaven like that. To, to journey this way, that way. So that is called the third concept of God. The God is there. That's the Shaguno and Akaro, that is an Akar. It's like us, a divine being sitting somewhere. Hindus have some more expanded thought that God can be Durga, Mother Durga, Mother Saraswati, Ganesha, Shiva. These are anthropomorphic God. But it is God. He has the power to redeem us, give us freedom, give us liberation and all this. Then comes another idea. Then when God comes down in a human form, walks on the ground like we walk, breathes like that, this same air we breathe. It's like us what we are when we are hungry. But they are not ordinary. They are not human. Though human, they are superhuman. So they are Krishnas, Ramas, Buddhas, Christ, huh? this type of personalities. So we adore them exactly like God. So different concept. But idea is that God is only one, everyone viewing from their own perspective as we view the sun and can have the different experience of the same sun standing on different levels of journey towards the sun. Earth to sun, this distance, depending on the distance, you can see it is limited, it is shining, go closer, 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 you can think, no, 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 he is not separate from me. Is if I am a part of that. And go close, close, close. And you destroy yourself. Or destroy money. Your ego is destroyed. Then you feel, what are you then? When the ego is destroyed, you feel that you are then one. And that Lord exists only. You don't need not have to say, I am that. But the bhakta's ego, the ego of the devotee is, is lost into the ego of the Lord. And then he, the person is gone. The Lord remains only. 
even in Christian mystics, when he hear about stigmata and other things, where is the man gone or the woman gone who was sadhak, who was practicing? His identity, his physicality even has changed. And it become one with the Christ, as Christ was the object of their worship. So now these are the different concepts about God. But this God is only one, viewing from different levels. That idea is also in the Bhagavad. So Bhagavad Dharma teaches us how to love this one God, though you may start at any point. And mostly it is called Narayana. Narayana is this. Is a Sanskrit word. Narayana can be meant some celestial personality who is God, like God in the heaven. And he descends sometimes his human form, like Krishna is considered as Narayana himself. We consider Ramakrishna is Narayana. That's why you see Ramakrishna is born of Narayana, isn't it? Ramakrishna's father went to do some rituals for his forefathers. And there is a Narayana temple. And Narayana came in the dream and said, I want to be born as a child in your home. That is the way we hear the story of birth of Sri Ramakrishna. So Narayana descends. That is the idea. According to Hindu thought, Christ Narayana descends. That is our idea. But anyhow, point is that that divine. And not that divine maybe, as I said, saguna with quality. Or Nirguna. But in this Bhagavata, mostly it is emphasized that he is Saguna, or that quality. But you read the same Bhagavata, 11th chapter, 11th volume, you are talking to Uddhava. Uh, Uddhava was a great Gyani. There you see that he is talking about the absolute God. God, there is no Krishna in the form, but is the infinite aspect of that God, which is the Vedantic God. So anyhow, for us, we are very clear in the Vedanta students, as a Vedanta student, that God is only one. But to how to fall in love with that God? It is very difficult. Even Sri Ramakrishna said, but the mortals, to love the infinite. We have no concept of infinite. If we close our eyes and we say God is infinite, I may be proud that I am thinking of, I don't think of God in the little petty forms. I think of God infinite. But really tell me, when you close the eyes, how big you can think. Your mind cannot go five miles. This way, that way, that's enough. But we think, I am not, I don't like the form. I think of God, the infinite. So this is not possible so long within in the realm of the mind. Mind has its limitation. You can expand a little bit, five miles, okay, you can go ten miles. You can go 100,000 miles by mentally. You think 100,000, you calculate some word and you see that your mind has gone there. But mind has not gone that much. Mind has limitation. So, so long we are limited in the mind, this type of misconception will remain. But it is better to think of God when he descends with his all majesty, with his all beauty, with his charming personality, divine, pure, totally stainless character. And such a joy to be with such pure soul and to feel that he belongs to me, I belong to him. God is mine. I will have to take care of God because God belongs to me. So when God comes down, this is a wonderful way where we can associate our mind and then lead 
that path of perfection is really very interesting when you think god is in the heaven we are in awe and reverence oh god majestic oh lord of the universe you are the creator of this universe i am a tiny guy i am with like a fearfully going away oh my god forgive me forgive me i did this wrong i did that wrong hurry god is my own he is my dad he is my mom then what happens does the baby thinks about fears his mom or dad because he soils his cloth his mom dad it is their own so this type of ownership comes devotion has this facility that you can create a relationship in such a way such an intimate relationship you know the this bhakti sutras this bhagavata will talk about this five types of relationship that's the relationship of seeing god in everyone and then dasya like he is my master and i am his servant so i whole life i am serving him i'm cooking for him i am cleaning for him i'm doing everything for him so you know you are you are thinking that god is coming closer to you god was far away in the high heaven how many miles you have to drive and where will be the vehicle what airplane you will take or what rocket machine you will take god knows but here you have brought that lord here so that's why the deity they worship in the in the devotional script they take a krishna's form a baby rama a baby krishna a like that that where i can connect he and i love to bathe him i love to feed him i love to put him to bed he is hungry today i i didn't get any time to do go into the shrine and and feed him no so as if he is dependent on you but it is intimacy question of intimacy comes and that intimacy goes into deeper depth it is called roti love love is a very simple word but in 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 the devotional scripture love has different connotation the depth of love the intensity of love and feeling the oneness as close and closer they are given different name prema bhakti roti preeti these are different terms it's very complicated area unless one practices oh only they can say what is the distinction finer distinction but we understand it is the deeper depth of love 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 getting into so much intoxication that you forget about the whole world more and more and more you remain in that blissful state you don't care for anything in the world so this this is the bhagavata but let us love be for the saguna or nirguna maybe god with infinite aspect if you are capable love that vedanto people are also lovers of god we have to understand this sometimes we make a distinction vedantis are all dry no dry vedantis <laughs> we are we don't want to be dry vedantis <laughs> we want to be a sweet vedantis sweet vedanti mean then it it is to be steeped into the syrup of love <laughs> so that that means and and god ramakrishna said in one place god is dry samadhai there was one learned man came to ramakrishna and ramakrishna referred to that gentleman and said that samadhai says that god is dry so we'll have to put some love syrup on that and make him lovable and that's why ramakrishna ridiculed said that he does not know 
what is called love, what is God. If God is there, how can you think that you are? It is not sweetness. It is not joy. It is not peace. It is not happiness. It is not extreme of all achievements. So therefore, this idea is that love God in whatever way we like. So goal is to how we can go. Our ego does not allow us to go there. Our ego stands as well. I am somebody, and he is somewhere. So this ego becomes a barrier, and that ego should surrender, surrender. That's why there are different methodologies which has been described in the Bhagavata. About nine steps have been given there to think about Krishna, about this devotional path. I'll come to that later on. So goal is the main point. The goal is to reduce our ego. And make it zero, and ultimately to lose it into that love where you lose yourself. Only God remains. God remains in your whole personality. It is a joy percolates through your every pore of your body. You are gone, and only what remains, you are merged into your chosen ideal. Every bit of your body becomes that reality. That divine. So Bhakta wants, but Bhakta wants to test the sugar. Sometimes going, it is a thinking. Bhakta does not want devotees don't want to merge their ego totally. As Ramakrishna said, I don't want to be sugar, but I want to test sugar. So that is the desire of the devotee to test, but they cannot keep for a long time. Uh, it is a, suppose a magnet mountain. And you are a little needle. Uh, you can first we don't feel the attraction, as Ramakrishna said, because needle is coated with dust and dirt, or so it does not feel the attraction. But when it is cleaned by spiritual practice, and then you feel the attraction and attraction, attraction. You can say, okay, I am enjoying this love, this attraction, this intense, pure connection. And go, go, close, close. No, I want to enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. But how can you, how can you stop your enjoyment? It will automatically stop. A point will come. You cannot keep yourself separated. You become one. So ultimately, it is the oneness that will come. But whatever, it takes a long time. That's why it is said, Bhakto will be always trying to keep a separation, to experience that joy. Ramakrishna said that beautiful story to Swami Vivekananda said, suppose there is a bowl of honey and you are a bee, how will you suck it? He said, I will be sitting on the edge of the bowl and put my nose and then suck a little bit. Well, why not in the middle? Then he said, yes, I will die. If I am a bee and my body will be stuck into the honey, I will die. Well, no, it is Satchidananda ocean. It is the ocean of love and blessings. No one dies there. They get a renewed life. But anyway, still Bhakta's attitude is that to enjoy and experience keeping a little separation. Whatever may be the desire, when the mind becomes free from all dust and dirt by Gyanapath or Bhakti or Dhanu or selfless work, one cannot keep this separation. And then what happens? He becomes, I become. Only the Lord remains and I gone in the devotee's language. Gani will say, I am that. But who will say that? He will die. 
and bhakti bhakti sast the devotional text will say i want to keep a separation no you cannot keep ultimately comes this point when bhakti school of thought says that that i am no more a lover and you are no more my beloved the lover and the beloved they become united and become one and only existence only bliss remains the separation when extinguishes the joy and joy and joy remains and that is sachidananda in vedantic term we find all types of this teaching now another beauty of bhakti this school also bhagavat teaches us this book teaches bhakti means not love only you can hate god is it not good <laughs> and if you hate god then you get closer to him quicker <laughs> how because you love god you may forget no in our look at our own personal life every day you love somebody you may not have to remember all day is good if you can remember but your your love is still there but you may not think of him but whom you hate <laughs> you cannot forget anything you do your one part of the mind say oh <laughs> it is unconscious pain as it were in your chest so it is called the it's called viddesha bhakti viddesha bhakti is that hatred like you know kangsha in the life of krishna you see how krishna how ravana such a person of external identified with external power and energy and ego right i am the lord of you who is god and that that type of person got quickly the vision of the lord how because they thought day and night god as his enemy and god being i hate god so that is called viddesha bhakti concentration becomes deep warm towards the beetle no kamsha kamsha or ravana or these are the names of the sri krishna's life we find many demonic character so what he did bhagavata says in one point in the seventh book of bhagavata it says even by constantly thinking of krishna as a dreaded enemy they became washed of all their sins and they ultimately merged in him so indifference and superficiality have nothing in common with the concentration and absorption main point is concentration main point is absorption you do it loving god or you do it hating god both are allowed in the bhakti shastra <laughs> so this is this is one one help suppose we can we can apply in our life i hate somebody hmm? so we can see who is in that person my beloved lord is there <laughs> so so i hate because why are you creating trouble for me and if we can think in that day and night of that person through that person think of the lord then quick success will because it is concentrated thinking and constant thinking two things constant thinking is happening even kongsho Kongsho thought that his eighth child will kill him. That was the prediction. That is Krishna, but the other children have done nothing. But he could not sleep. One night could sleep, whole night he thinks, "Oh, Krishna is now born. Oh, Krishna will be now born." So his mind is totally fearful with the thinking that he may come and kill me. He may come and kill me. 
my because I am a bad guy, my karma. So, but I want to rule. I want to compete. But so this is the one. And then mura bhakti. What is mura bhakti? Another type of bhakti. In place of being based on God's majesty and excellence, this love source and sustenance is God belongs to me, mine. Huh? Many Indian, uh, in the go to Vrindavan, you will find that they are all thinking, Lord of the universe is my baby. Gopala, Gopala. In Ramakrishna's life, you will see there is a lady whose name is Gopala Ma, mother of Gopala. Gopala is a small, tiny icon of Krishna. No? And she, that lady, was so intoxicated in love for Gopala that she used to think, uh, that uh, he is my baby, that icon, as a Gopala, he's my baby. And day and night thinking of Gopala, Gopala. And she got intoxicated in Gopala. And when, he, when she met Ramakrishna, then he found that same Gopala is in Ramakrishna. And then she was an exalted lady, lived in the consciousness of the divine Krishna all the time. So this is the question, it is called Murha Bhakti. That means it is absorbing Bhakti. You think that God belongs to you. You do not belong to God. God is high up and you are belonging to Him. There is a distancing Him. Now God belongs to me. I am the mother of the baby. So I will have to take care. I am the father. I will have to take care. This is another Bhakti. Madhusudan, the greatest Advaita philosopher, later a theoretician in Bhakti school says, I am his, he is mine, and I am he. Devotion takes these three forms according to the maturity of one's spiritual striving. He said, in Bhakti school, if you practice, three stages come in your life. First of all, I belong to him. He is the Lord, I belong to him. Spiritual devotional path starts here. God is all-powerful, I am his child, God will protect me. And then the love grows. Then what happens? He is mine. And then third stage will come, I have no existence but that beloved Lord, Krishna. I am his, represent the Jnana Bhakti. He is mine, stands for the Mudha Bhakti, blind Bhakti, result in developing they all the relationships. And Sri Ramakrishna, that's why he used to say, sing the song that I do not care for giving liberation. God does not care so much or feel it is difficult for him to give liberation. But if you say you want to be this bhakta, bhakti, then if you, if you really gain bhakti, then God becomes bound under your love. The love there comes down as your child and you, the God, becomes bound in love, in the, in the exceptional love of the devotee. Now how to fall in love with God and feel his attraction? That is the point. Bhagavata mentions three stages in the generation of the growth of devotion. One, it says, by living in intimate contact with holy men. In the bhakti school, very important, holy company. Company of those people who are intoxicated in God, who are saturated in the love of God, who have blessed their life by generating such devotion 
that you can feel that love, purity, that joy, that blessings, as if they had saturated themselves with that. So the holy man, hearing their discourses, and go to them and listen to them, that's why we, we go to holy people to generate this love. Because they are the example that it is possible. They have loved God in such a degree and they find so much joy in thinking about God that we see them and our devotion grows. So that is the first point. It is called the bhakti. One develops. It is called sadha. So the hearing their discourses and going in contact, intimate contact with the holy men, one develops progressively three stages, shraddha, rati, bhakti. These are the, the only uh, one word what I can say. Shraddha is the unflinching love and devotion to God. And then, not only unflinching love, you get attached. As we get attached to our earthly relationship, you get attached to that divine relationship. You get attached. You cannot, you know, attachment is such a thing that you don't want to think of God. You don't want to do anything. You will be forced to do that because of the attachment. That means it's a deeper love is meant here, attachment. That's why Sanskrit word is roti. is a different language itself. When you translate in attachment in the English term, it is good for us to understand. Love and attachment, two things are there. Which is greater? Love, you can love, but you can forget. But if you are attached, you cannot forget. You love somebody. In your whole activity level, you can forget that. But if you are attached to a deeper love, then whatever you are doing, one part of the mind will be rotating around that person. You love, as a human example I am giving, it will happen same for God. And then third comes the bhakti. Bhakti means total absorption. So these are the three stages. Loving devotion, uh, when we start practicing, mature and well-established in ultimately through the attachment, the second part to the third part. First is loving devotion, as we do with offering flower, chanting mantras, uh, praising God or listening to God. These are called sadhya bhakti, that devotion which we practice. We can practice every day. Everyone chants some mantra. In Hindu culture, you take some mantra. Your praise of Krishna, praise of Rama, praise of Shiva, chanting. And then pray, then offer flower, offer incense, as we do in our shrine. This is Sadha Bhakti. And it generates much more than you go to the second when you feel attachment. That's why you'll find in Iskon and other, the principle is that as if their whole life rotates around the temple, around the deity in the temple. Oh, this is the early morning. God is rising from the bed and there are some rituals you do. Oh, he's now, now he's thirsty. Oh, give a glass of water. Oh, now it is a breakfast time. Oh, there now is the noon time. Now it is nap time. Now it is afternoon time. This will give some snacks again. And like that, whole day it rotates around Krishna, 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 Krishna. No? And third stage will be bhakto. Will be you'll drop all these outer thing. Your heart will be so melted. Then like Ramakrishna, when he is doing the worship, he forgot what to do the first, what to do the second, and offering all these things forgot. And he becomes putting a flower in the head. He's half an hour gone. Boom. Huh? Are we have to do immediately take the flower off and do the next step? 
but here it is different now conventional faith that is called what we have god is there i know i worship i am not worshiping the photograph paper we don't think that we are worshiping the photo paper we think that here is the presence of the lord no so it is that faith is our conventional faith or beginning and that comes from holy company and living faith generates then that they are the examples of living faith holy people are the living faith because they have already established in them such devotion that it becomes their presence the stamp of powerful god and love that they established in their lab so they become our inspiration and to follow them then thirdly entering into the devotion that is called the bhagavata dharma how can it be done there i can do there is seven ninefold path has been mentioned i today that was not my topic to think about that the how to do that just i mentioned it says that you ninefold modes of bhakti is shravana first listen about the glories of the lord as much as you listen to the glories of the lord and his love and his compassion and all this our devotion increases then kirtanam eh? people sing and dance kirtan you know kirtan eh, now popular many 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 places people sit together and uh, sing in a chorus voice uh, krishna 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 hari krishna hari krishna 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 hari hari like that continues it is kirtana then smarana now whatever you are doing in between think of him oh probably you are doing some work oh i am doing for god you are cooking something i am cooking for krishna so keep the mind smarana huh? keep the one part of the mind let it be connected in the smarana pado seva then you think oh as if he is here i am washing his feet i am offering my flowers at his feet this is called pado seva archanam the worship as we do the worship eh? all different items of the fragrance and fruits and candies etc bandana then you salute eh? thinking that he is my ideal but every day you are either doing this or doing that doing that all these ninefold steps then dasyo i am his servant so i will have to serve him he needs anything i am alert that means you are alert about god then is shakha he is my friend and he is my comrade and his atmasuddha i dedicate myself at his feet and last one sharanagati sharanagati is a refuge i take total refuge in him the lord my beloved and practicing this way a day comes when one totally gets absorbed in the divine and that is the bhagavad dharma om shanti 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 Shri Ram Krishna Arpanamastu Thank you. You've been listening to the Voice of Vedanta podcast from the Vedanta Society of Southern California. Thanks for listening.